You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. Um, could we just celebrate Belema for sharing very kindly out of her God experience? Thank you so much. God bless you. Where's your violin? Okay. So we, I'm going to try to race through... Um, should it, could, let's do one song. Um, so Chevalas plays the violin. I, I play the violin also. Hallelujah. But I do. I own a violin. Didn't I tell you I own a violin? I did, you see? What song should we do? Just a worship song. Do you have one? I'd like us to bring God just a bit more worship and then I'll share. church we know the song let's sing
the praise and all the worship. I like the song, I like the church to the, the, the song alone. Um, you can play. So it's, it starts with your alpha, right? Let's do it from the top. I just want the voices and the violin, please. shout a big amen. Let's put our hands together and celebrate Jesus. Please take your seats. Please celebrate Theophilus also. Thank you so much. Okay. 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 Uh, I said good morning, right? I said good morning. Yes. Um, if it's your first time at Life Point, thank you so much for coming. Welcome to church. Let's celebrate everyone who's here for the very first time. Thank you so much for coming. Um, I was going to ask Joko to read, but I think I'm just going to, for, for the sake of time, I'm just going to read very quickly. Second um, Corinthians chapter 9. Help me ask the person next to you, ask them, have you proposed? Have you proposed? I can actually see somebody thinking twice, like, for the eye, like, why? <laughs> but just ask them, have you proposed? Uh, Josh, who are you looking in this morning? My neighbor. <laughs> Have you proposed? Okay. I want to speak about giving this morning. Uh, we've been talking about the five pillars of wealth. Um, so, today we talk about God, the giver, and the gift. Second Corinthians chapter 9, for sake of time, I'm just going to read very quickly. Now, concerning the ministry into the sense, it is superfluous for me to write to you. For I know your willingness, about which I boast of you to the Macedonians, that Achaia was already a year ago. And your zeal has stirred up 
the majority, yet I have sent the brethren. Not lest our boasting of you should be in vain in this respect. As I said, you may be ready, lest if some Macedonians come with me and find you unprepared, we, not to mention you, should be ashamed of this confident boasting. Therefore, I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren to go to you ahead of time and to prepare your generous gift beforehand, which you had previously promised that it may be ready as a matter of generosity and not as a grudging obligation. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he proposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves always having all given. God is able to make all grace abound towards you that you having yet you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. As it is written, he is dispersed abroad, he is given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread to the bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. Amen. Amen. Um, now, when I said I was going to talk about giving, just a few, couple of things to say first. Firstly, we're not trying to raise money. So tell the guy next to you, relax, 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 relax. Okay. I said I'm going to talk about giving. So I'm like, yeah, thank God I left my checkbook at home. The phone that has my internet app at home. I'm not giving anything. Okay. But relax. So we're not trying to raise money today. So relax. <laughs> relax um, but to teach about godly wealth and not teach about giving is almost impossible and you know that so for a young pastor to teach about giving is something you do shyly yeah because you know how it is people are like ah giving prosperity giving ah. <laughs> and but it's something that you know I'd like us to look at God's word together Ready. So I told you. Because I find that giving is very powerful. People are living already. So I told you. <laughs> well, come back, come back. Um, but giving is very powerful. And, and so I made notes. Four things that happen when we give. Four things that happen when we give. If you haven't been in church, over the last couple of weeks, we first talked about the blessing of God. We talked about how that there is a blessing in Abraham that by faith, Galatians says, where Paul says to the letter in Galatians, that we have inherited. Um, when Pastor Tunji Yola was with us uh, three weeks ago, talked about the power of stewardship, Matthew 25. Um, the power of work, I talked about two weeks ago, and talked about how the work of a blessed man is the landing pad for or a channel through which the blessing of God finds manifestation and how important it is for us to work. The Bible says, he who does not work should not eat. All right, and last week, um, I was here last week. Yeah. Yeah. What I, talk, I talked about, uh, oh yeah, I remember the location of wealth, Job 28. And Bible says there's a place where silver and gold is mined. It says men take light and, sh- you know, put ah, yeah, that. I remember that message. Yep, I remember that. So today, talking about giving, okay? So four things, very quickly. Please take notes. It's good to take notes. Uh, take notes on your phones. Do not browse when you're taking the notes. Do not browse. So you can just put it on, uh, what do you call that thing? Uh, Airplane mode, ah, about tuition this bit. I'm going to race airplane mode so nobody can track you. Airplane mode and then take notes. But take notes, this is very important. I'm going to race a bit. My wife, 
I don't know where she is, but she told me that sometimes when I preach, I don't complete my sentences because I'm rushing and I start another sentence. So I'm going to try and rush, but just follow me, okay? Please, follow me to this. All right. Okay. Four things that happen when we give. I'll tell you what God has laid in my heart about this. Um, one is consecration. So I, I said in my notes that when we give, we keep poverty and greed far away. Okay? Um, giving is like circumcising the heart. Um, so we do that constantly. We rededicate our hearts. Um, in Second Corinthians chapter 8, we read Second Corinthians chapter 9, Apostle Paul would talk about a particular people and he would say when they gave, they did not give as we expected. If you read from verse 5, um, he says that first they gave themselves to God and then they gave to us. Second uh, Corinthians 8, 5, I read out of the Amplified Translation. It says not only did they give materially as we had hoped, but first they gave themselves to the Lord and to us as his representatives by the will of God disregarding their personal interest and giving us as much as they possibly could. So what happens when we give is that we show to God who we are actually serving. We show to ourselves who we are actually serving. Six, money, wealth is a powerful thing. Deuteronomy 6, God is talking to his people saying, look, I'm about to bless you. About to really bless you. And he says, but do not forget. So I was sharing with some of the leaders praying this morning. I said, one of the things that happen as money comes, as wealth comes, is that sometimes you forget who blessed you. And I'm sure somebody says, ah, no, what do you mean? But when 30 billion is in your accounts, who, who, who are the ushers to tell you where to sit? Who is Lasma to tell you which road in Lagos is one way? Who, who, is, who, who is their boss in this 30 billion? And so what happens, you even forget, and you see scripture in the room, you know, God keeps on telling the people, I'm about to bless you, but do not forget. Uh, tell the person next to you, do not forget, do not forget. Tell them that I think you're about to become very rich. I, I think the blessing of God is about to find expression in your life, but do not forget. Uh, do not forget. Do not forget. Because there's a way you can get carried away. Somebody's saying, God, just test me. Not even 30. One billion. Test me and see if I will forget. God says, I'm currently testing you. I'm currently testing you. With your 10,000, I'm testing you. Okay? Matthew 19. Bible says, there is this young man. Go da 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 da. Look, I'm a member of Life Point. I'm paraphrasing. I do all the things I need to do. Da 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 da. Tell me. Might not go into heaven. God Jesus says, ah, it's really nice. I hear you even come earlier. One of the early ones. He says, yes. When they lead the song you don't like, you even stand and watch. He says, yes, that is me. He says, okay, um, take all your money, all the things you have, uh, go sell, give to the poor. Bible says that the man went away sorrowful <laughs> because he had great possessions. I remember my pastor used to say that he really didn't have great possessions. That great possessions had him. So some of you, you think you own your car. <laughs> the car just smiles because it knows who the owner is. The Bible says, for where the treasure is, there your heart will be also. And so there is a treasure and heart attachment. There's a treasure and heart attachment. So there's something about giving which releases our heart from greed and from covetousness. Jesus tells 
um, the disciples in Luke chapter 12 when he's teaching about the rich man, the man who builds his house, gets lots of money and says, look, now I'm settled. He says to them, beware of covetousness. And so that's one of the things I find that you know, giving does. For giving who understand that godly wealth is finding expression in their life, giving is a must. It's something that and, and, you know, covetousness is not something that we all, we, we own up to. So, so ask the person next to you, are you covetous? Are you, so Josh, are you greedy? No, you're not. Yes. So nobody here is. Nobody here is. But one of the things Jesus says in Luke chapter 12 and 15, which helps you to understand whether you're covetous or not, he says the man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. So it means that if somewhere in my life I still define me, myself, and maybe other people, by the things they have, material things, there is a bit of covetousness there. It's just ah, easy. But, but there is. And we'll come back concentration. So when we give, what we do is we say, Lord, I'm releasing the emotional attachment that things have. I'm not, I'm not saving money. I'm not serving money. The Bible says there's him who scatters, yet increases more, but as he who withholds more than his right tends to poverty. But, but that's consecration. That's one thing. I was going to write it on the board, but they didn't give me my board. I don't know why. It's okay. Alignment is the second word I've put in my eye. Alignment. So if you're writing, write alignment. I think it starts with A-L, I, then I think that's, it goes on like that. Alignment. <laughs> And the way to remember alignment is that when sometimes you go fix your car, they say that you have to go and do wheel balancing and alignment. The challenge is that 99% of us have no clue what that means. But we faithfully say you have to do wheel balancing, just take your car there. All right? But it's allowing for balance. And so one of the things that giving does is that it allows for alignment between the source, the flow, and the purpose, the source, and the purpose. It ensures that the supply is on purpose. I am preparing for, I think it was two weeks ago, preparing for the message. I had this impression about people stuck on a particular level because they have seen some manifestation of the blessing, have refused to um, appropriate that blessing for the purpose that it was meant for, and so have stopped themselves on that level of blessing. And, and so what, what, do we, what does God want to do through the wealth that he's bringing to us? In, uh, I think in Malachi 3, he would say, bring in the thite and the offerings. He says, so there might be more in my house. Somebody says, aha, I knew it. I knew P.I. was going to go there. It's this whole meat in the house. And we're going to talk about it very, very soon. Um, scripture I read I think I was in the university Haggai chapter 1 and I'm not sure most of us have read Haggai so I probably just read this one out to you it says thus says the Lord of hosts saying this people says the time has not come the time that the Lord's house shall be built then the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet saying it, is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses and this temple to lie in ruins. It says, Now therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, Consider your ways. 
you have sown much and bring in little. You eat, but do not have enough. You drink, but you are not filled with drink. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. You, he who ends wages, ends wages to be put in a bag with holes. Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Go up to the mountains, bring wood, build a temple that I may take pleasure in it and be glorified. When I read this, what it did for me was a shift in my heart concerning resources, concerning priority. So I realized that there's part of that which God will give me that is meant for his work. In fact, when we read 2 Corinthians chapter 9, I think I memorized this one verse things. I cause all grace to abound towards you that you have insufficiency in all things at all times may abound unto every good work. So I like to say when we give God wants to help other people through you. God wants to help other people through you. God wants to bless nations through you. God wants to move his work through you. Some of the money that comes to you, if you look at it spiritually, it does not have your name on it. It might have your account number, but it's not your name. Sufficiency in all things that we may abound unto every good work. So when we, when we give, we create alignment between the source and the purpose. Could you ask the person next to you, what is the purpose of your money? What is the purpose of your 30 billion? What is the purpose of your money? Huh? My, my friend said to me then, says, oh, if God will give you one million naira, so it's in 1995, I think, what will you do with it? And he said to me, he said, because I think that if you don't know what you're going to do with it, the money might not come. Something of that sort. And as a young man, I started thinking, one million. One million is a big money at that time. So people had not gone into his... They weren't still in, in dollars at that time. Still naira. And so my question to you is, if God gives you a billion naira, <laughs> you actually heard somebody react. What would you do with it? Because if in our mind, when you say a billion, your mind is like in the morning, first thing in the morning, because charis. <laughs> first thing. And as you're going there, you're calling the real estate agent, that house in Banana Island. Then of course, you must just fly abroad for shopping. Shopping. Then when you come back, <laughs> even life point is too small a church. <laughs> But, but it's then about alignment. It's about understanding what does God want to do with what he's given you. It's always interesting that there are all these people for whom your spare change is a miracle. There's all these people for whom your spare change is a miracle. There's all these people for whom the cost of your Brazilian week. And I, sorry, sorry I went there, but just in case. But I didn't plan to go there. Okay, or your haircut, just to make it. But no, Brazilian wig is more expensive. But <laughs> sorry, sorry, ladies. There's no way I'm going to make it equitable. But there's always somebody who your Brazilian wig can send them to school. Who say, hey, so I should just carry my head like that, Abby. But James, always something encoded in what God has given you. James, chapter four, he says, "You lost and do not have. You murder and covet and do not obtain. You fight and war, yet you do not have because you don't ask." Verse three says. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. 
I'm not saying you shouldn't spend your money. You should. You should be happy. The Bible says God is the one, First Timothy 6, who gives us all things rich for us, you know, richly for us to enjoy. I tell people, for example, that when you pay your taxes, I, I pay my taxes, so they, they think they take the tax from me. They don't. I pay it. It's a seed. I sow my tax to this country. Every month, they take a part. They're happy. But it's okay. <laughs> so I've stopped giving it grudgingly. I've stopped. I now sow my tax as a seed to this country, to the development of this country. Somebody say, P, I don't go there. If we're going to talk Bible, let's talk Bible. But this tax matter is a political issue. I can tackle you down now. Eh? But last week, we read out of scripture where they come to Jesus and his disciples and say, look, chief, we used to be a carpenter, right? For this ministry something. Where's your tax clearance? Peter, you are a fisherman. I can still smell your fish clearance. Peter is trying. And Jesus says, relax. Sends Peter to the place of work. Fish, bring out a coin from the mouth of the fish that you catch and pay Jesus' tax and his tax. Our tax is a seed. So, giving alignment, giving alignment. Help me ask the person next to you. If you're new to life, point, this is what we do. This is how I get through my message very quickly. Just ask them, are you aligned? Are you aligned? <laughs> is your, okay, no, no, better say, is your money aligned? Is your money aligned? Josh, I think you're spending a lot of your money on yourself and your girlfriend. You're laughing. You're paying your tax. <laughs> but I'm going somewhere with all this. So, the first thing was consecration. Second thing was alignment. Given. Pillars of wealth. Godly wealth. Transition was the next word I put in my notes. And I said that one thing that happens when you give is that, and this is not just me talking, it's because I'll read the scripture where I see this, is that you literally take your resources from the physical realm to the spiritual. And I'll tell you what, how, how I see this. Jesus says in Matthew 6, he says, do not lay for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in. And He says, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. He says, where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart also is. In fact, when I read 1 Timothy 6, Apostle Paul says, command those who are wealthy in this world, this present age. He says, command them not to be raising their shoulder, not to be arrogant or haughty, but, or to trust, not to trust in unwealthy riches, on, on, on certain riches. He says, but to trust in the living God. Ah, there we are. Who gives us all things richly to enjoy. Next verse. It says, let them do good that they be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share. And verse 19 says, storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life. So you read Matthew 12, it begins to talk about this concept of being rich towards God. So I say that giving is an elevator and that there's a way that when you give you literally take and this is not about magnitude I'll come to magnitude in a bit you literally take 
experiences you have just from a physical realm into a spiritual realm. From the present into the future. In fact, when you read Philippians chapter 4, you know the popular one where Paul says, I pray my God will supply all needs according to your riches and glory. If you read the verses preceding, Apostle Paul begins to talk about this concept of an account, that something will be credited to your account. The Bible speaks about honor. I was going to mention this. The Bible talks about honor your father and your mother, your parents, parent figures. It says, so be well with you, live a long life. And what he says there is that, and you know when the Bible talks about honor, and you read through scripture, again, you would find this, that honor is not just saying, uh, lying down on the floor and saying, or oh, walk over me. That's not honor. All right? Honor is typically tied to your substance. So when you say, I honor you, I honor you, typically you would, when you read through Malachi, and I'm going very fast, wow. Okay, when you read through Malachi, you would um, see God talking about honor and then your substance. So when he says to honor your parents, and what, this is interesting for me. He says because there is something that happens the relationship between that and the length of your days. So I was thinking about it during the week and I realized for some people what happens when you give to your parents and your parent figures is that you create space for health. You, you, it's not, it, there's, there's a spiritual transaction that happens. So, I beg you, um, giving a serious business, I, I beg you, if you've not started doing it, start giving to those who are your parents, parent figures, uncles, I don't know. And, and again, this is something that I know I need to teach uh, because some people want to wait until they have all the money. And some people say, my father has more money than I do. And it's not, that, that scripture has nothing to do with how much your parents have. So transition is the third word. And the, the, the big one for me is, you know, where um, I'm just going to spend time and we'll pray, talking about giving. I've written the word provocation. Now, if you've lived in Lagos long enough, you, you are familiar with the term, do not provoke me. You know, so when somebody's trying to bring out the side of you that's not totally born again yet, not cooked, you're not finished just, but you're working on it you're working on it, but when you come to church, you're singing hymns, you're singing songs, you're trying your best but you have this colleague they keep on going to that side, you tell them it's offside, they say no, this is where they're tempting you, they're tempting you, then one day just tell him no, Kule, don't provoke me don't, don't provoke me, the fact that you know I go to life point, don't provoke me, you know don't, please, don't, don't bring out something that you don't want I know I tell somebody, all that's in you is good. Don't worry. Because some people say, don't let me bring out my, my other side. You don't want to see me. We're in the choir together, Josh. Don't bring out my other side. Like, there's no other side. There's no other side. But this is how it came to me. So, so consecration, transitioning, and then provoca- and then um, I, don't know, I missed one. Alignment, yeah. But this is how it came to me. So, so 2 Corinthians 9, 7 says, So let each one give as he proposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves 
a cheerful giver. This is how it came to me. That there is something about giving that is a proposal. Now, I know the ladies like a proposal. I've seen this thing on social media once or twice where they say how guys cannot even kneel to tie up their laces anymore in front of a lady. Because, because oh my God. Tolu, so early. And so they tell you to tie your laces far away from any girl. But she said, but you were trying to propose to me. He said, no, I wasn't, okay? But guys also like a proposal. Oh, oh, I have to focus on my message. Sorry. So I was just going to drift. I was just going to tell you a story about a proposal I saw. It was very dramatic. Because the guy gave the girl the ring, or brought her a ring, and the girl ran upstairs. And everybody was confused. And I think she went to lock herself. And we're like, why? What did we do wrong? What? How? Why? And then we went to bring her down. It was a, it was a re- but focus, sorry. That, but we like proposal. Proposals. Proposal. The story is very interesting. That one is very interesting. Because she took the ring, actually. <laughs> and she returned the ring later, to my annoyance. But she was, but we like a proposal. But... <laughs> Ah, no, no, that's where it's taking out my message. After service, we're going to have that discussion. <laughs> oh, but someone got proposed to during the week. Cause it's... So all things are, all things are good. But, so giving, I, I kind of get the sense that, you know, so there's a way we talk about giving where it is. Give me 249. Josh, I had to just pay you bonus. 250K. Give me 249. And Josh is struggling, and I don't know if they paid you a bonus. If that's a figure, then you have to talk to God. I'm sorry, <laughs> but um, you know, and and they, so that's the picture we have of our giving. Have you God says, I you have some money in your account. Bring it, you know. And we always paint this picture of God who wants to take away from us. Years ago, impressed in my heart, says, "Look, Idris." I'm more willing to give to you guys than I want to take from you. But I realize that giving is an indication of how much we want to participate with God. There's a beauty, I mean, I like gifts. My love, one of my love languages is gifts. I like gifts. Uh, I, like, I like to receive gifts and I like to give gifts. The nicest gifts sometimes, are the ones that you didn't really ask for. I mean, you know there is a way you can talk to your friend and say, Mary, these are your red shoes. They're so nice. And you know we're the same size. Uh, say, oh, yeah, we know. I say, and you know you even missed my birthday last week. <laughs> say, but let's say, I forgive you, Sha. What are friends for? Then as you're going, and then the, you, did it, this shoe, where did you buy it? And then the, you text her, when you get back home, you text her a picture of similar shoes. And you say, I'm just thinking of buying these shoes. But I think they... And then after a while, she gets the, the hints. And I say, I, I, do you want those shoes? I, oh, really? That's so sweet of you. Yes. <laughs> oh, I didn't even... Oh, you're so caring. It's a programmed gift. You knew it. I mean, there's nothing wrong with programming gifts. I try and program. When it comes to my birthday month, I try and tell my wife. I give her a hint. I would like... You know, it helps. 
But sometimes there is the beauty of the gift that you did not cajole. The one that the person just walks up to you and says, look, I noticed that your old car wasn't looking so nice. So I, I, I just saw this G-Wagon and I thought, I, I'm coming where you are. I'm coming where you are. And I, you don't have friends like that. So you have to change your friends. You have to change your friends. So I, I began to realize that when we give to God, why have we filled our hearts with the narrative of a God who wants to take from us Who wants to take from us? The very realize that there's a way. And I realize that there's a way that giving provokes something in God. I'll show you from scripture. We're going to pray. Even with men. Even with men. I don't know who it is. I suspect there's somebody here. Why I have to go back to this again. You've been earning money for a while and you haven't sent anything back home, I don't know where home is or who home is, you need to send something back. You know, uh, Genesis 27, the Bible says that the, uh, the, the patriarch said to his sons, or his son, he said, look, go and make me some food, some savory food that I will eat, the type I love. He says, and bring it to me that I eat, that my soul will bless you before I die. Even with men. The Bible says when John the Baptist was in prison, that the king had just put him in prison not to kill him. No, he just put him in prison. He had been annoying, talking about the happenings of the state. One day, the wife or the daughter of the, the woman that the, the king was, was with, she did this dance. As I prepared, I was like, what dance could she possibly have done? But I don't know, but she, there's something she danced that day. The Bible says the king vexed says, what anything you want. That I said, want, I'll give it to you. Says, uh, the mother compared with the mother, the wicked mother, devil had entered. I said, want the head of John the Baptist. And the Bible says the king, they tried to persuade her, but, uh, but they could not. And, and I realized that, and this is not about manipulation. Please, I, I, I'm going, I'm, be, be careful because, you know, uh, sometimes... We're trying to get things out of people by just manipulation. You know, Peter, uh, Peter would say to Simon, I think, Acts 8, he would say, perish, your money perishes with you. He says, because your heart is impure, you thought you could get these things of God by money. No, no, no. But there's a way that there's an interaction of honor with certain channels in our lives that provoke a certain thing. Look, eh, there's sometimes you give, I, I mean, I, my wife and I, Sometimes they will send. Sometimes when we send money home, and I, and I don't say this to try and impress them. I say this just because you know we're, we're teaching. Sometimes you send money. Home. You know, just sometimes when the parents call and like ah ah ah, mm, ah, ah you know, you know that hair, and then you now balance and wait for the blessing. You know, when they start praying for you, <laughs> I'm I'm going somewhere with this, please. Look, I get Galatians 6 6. I give to my pastor. Galatians 6 6. Let him who is taught in the spiritual communicate with him that teaches in material things. We'll come to that if we have time. But you know, when, you know, there, there's, a, there's a 
and this is not a man. There's a place you get to in a given. This is even just with people. Where just the response is not just words. I remember once God led us to give somebody a gift and we gave him outside. I don't know if God remembers. We gave him outside his house. I remember the man said to us, I know, let's go back inside. <laughs> and we went back inside. I remember, and, I, and the ironic thing is I can remember the prayer. But with God, I realized that the giving we are called to is a proposal. You know, Paul says here in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7, he says, there is a decision you make in your heart. And you say to God, look, my sight is what you want. It's a 10%. That's fine. Not a problem. But my offering is what I decide. Paul says, there are different levels of giving. He says, he who will sow sparingly, will reap sparingly. He who will sow uh, bountifully, will at what level? Bountiful. There are different levels. A man will choose at what level he would play. We create room when we give. The Bible says Jesus will look at two people given in the temple. It says the rich gave an offering out of their abundance. The widow, the Bible says she gave her might. She gave, the Bible says in one translation, all of her livelihood. We determine what we want to give. Giving is an expression of faithfulness with the level of wealth that God has given us. In my notes, I said giving is a prayer. When we read 2 Corinthians 9, he says that the response, he prays for them. He says that God will increase your store of seed and cause the harvest of your righteousness to overflow. I strongly believe that one of the things that happens when we give is that we find new work business job because that is our work is a store of seed last week reading Ephesians chapter 4 and 28 I think 20 Bible says let him that stole steal no more but rather let him walk with his hands what is befitting it says that he may have strangely not to eat it says but that he may have to give so when you go to and a salary is so Understand that one of the reasons why God blesses you with work and blesses you with work and a salary is so that you can supply to someone who is in need. Two weeks ago, so I began to wonder, do I have a giving target? What is the number? What, is, what are you and God working on? What is, what is the discussion between you and God? I believe everyone should have a number, have a range. Not a range rover, a range, a range. Focus, guys. A range. You should have something. You should be saying, Lord, this year, this next 12 months, I want through me to you to have given a million naira. Someone I don't know where you are. You could be saying it's a hundred thousand naira. Someone is a hundred million naira. Someone you're working with God in dollars now, fantastic. God bless you. A million dollars. Save Johnny. All right. But where are we? Because giving will consecrate our hearts. It will cause alignment. It will cause a storing and a laying up. And it will cause a provocation. You know, he says in Malachi chapter 3, I like it. He says to them, he says, would you bring 
this thing into my storehouse. He says, and try me if I will not in this. <laughs> try me in this. If I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour you out such a blessing that you will not have room enough. My pastor used to say to us that he had watched for a number of years in Christendom, had never seen wealth or money flowing down from heaven. He said, so he realized that this must be manifestations of the blessing of God in a different form. It might be thoughts, ideas, favor, opportunity. And so when a man decides and makes a proposal to God about what he or she wants to give, they open up new room. I believe that God is calling us to a new level of giving. I believe God is calling us to a new level of giving. Paul says, and I was quoted earlier, Philippians 4, 17 to 19. He was saying to the Philippian church, not that I seek the gift itself, but I do seek the profit which increases to your heavenly account. I think I'm reading the Amplified, yeah? The blessing which is, I am ambulating for you. He says, but I have received everything in full and more. I am amply supplied, having received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent to me. They are the fragrant aroma of an offering, an acceptable sacrifice which God welcomes and in which he delights. And my God will liberally supply, fill until full, your every need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Jesus was sitting in the house, I think it's Simon's house. A woman shows up. I read a couple of accounts of scripture to say that it's a woman who had a fairly inglorious past. And the Bible says she brought a gift that annoyed people. I said, when she was giving the gift, people got upset. But I said, but why? What, what is, why, why, how can, it is too much. That's exactly what they said. It's the woman with the alabaster box. So, for me, as we talk about godly wealth, I round this whole discussion about godly wealth next weekend. As we talk about godly wealth, uh, I realize that sometimes it's easy to think that this is like a get-rich-quick message, God like a, and it's not. Sometimes it's easy to think that you just, you give to God like a, what do you call those things? Like a, it's not the lottery and, and you win something. This is about partnership. This is about someone saying, Lord, I have seen that you want to bless people. I have seen that you have channels in this. I have my parents, I have people who are poor, I have my state, so I give them my taxes excitedly, my faith. I have, and this is what I speak about lightly because, you know, since I'm the pastor, when I say, talk about giving to pastors, you think Idris then says, give to me. No, so I've said this before, myself and the ministry team at LifePoint are not on a salary yet. I don't know if the rest of you are collecting salaries behind me, but they're not on a salary yet. But uh, one of the things that you are meant to do uh, is to bless those who 
provide cover and who feed you spiritually. And I say this lightly because, you know, it's hard to say it and it doesn't look like so. And I know that not all of us, you know, this is not, I'm not your, I'm not, I'm not everyone's pastor in a sense. So that's fine. But whoever your pastor is, as God leads you, it's a difficult thing. For, so I, I have a job. Oh. I have a job. If you see me driving my car, I didn't buy to church money. Okay? At life point, in the sense that, but I have a job. But, and so it, it's in, so we're in a good place at life point, in the sense that, uh, in a sense, because, so your pastors and your ministers won't get hungry. I mean, all of us work. Won't get hungry if you don't bless us. But it will be wrong of us then not to talk about it. It will be fundamentally wrong. And I know people have abused it. But, you know, you know Paul gets to a place. He says, look, I, have a, I had a right to depend fully on you. He says, but I refuse to exercise that right. He says, and so you know how I labored amongst you. And I went to work. But it was useful I said that. So, but have you proposed to God? Have you proposed to God? Have you created some room in your future by your giving? Have you seen what God is doing on the earth? There is so much need, so much hunger, so much pain. The gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ needs to be preached. But someone says, ah, but it is, I have not blown yet. I haven't hammered. I'm, I'm using the words right. Okay? I'm using them correctly. Something I'm using right. Yeah? To me later, ah, P.I. Nah, nah, very wrong. That's not how to use it. But this was, I think I'm using right. Yeah? I haven't blown yet. And God says, but this is how you get there. I remember when I started paying my tithe. I was in the university. And one day my mom, I was trying to advocate for um, um, more money, a higher allowance. I remember, I was like, I can't forget this. I was in the bedroom. I said, Mom, I need, I need more money. I didn't say that forcefully. I probably just begged her, Mommy, I need money. I said, hey, but what do you do with your money? I said, ah, you know, I said, I couldn't claim recession. There was no recession. I can't remember. I said, but I pay my tithe. Ah, she said, hey, you like to behave like a big man. <laughs> I'm telling you, and she's very funny. I should remind her. Because now she's, you know, she wasn't Christian. Then. She was Christian. She wasn't, she's, because she's, she's, my mom is fantastic. She's and she pays her tithe now. She, 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 she said, yes, you like to behave like a big man. You know, and <laughs> I never forgot that. This is perhaps one of the strangest things I'll say at life point. I'll say it. When I was away, a couple of weeks ago, um, that phrase dropped in my head, the anointing for a billionaire. I was like, ha, God. Um, and I was very... Ah, yeah. I was careful because I was saying it. Because, but simply, you know, just preparing for this, I realized I needed to tell you guys that God is looking for channels for wealth on the earth. People who will not be swept away by what he gives them. People who would give. Doesn't it surprise you that some of the biggest givers in our world today are not even people who are saved? Some of them have just understood what God wants to do. 
You should vex. You should really vex. When your father starts to give his resources to somebody else, you should just get upset. You should lock yourself in the room with him, tell him you're not going out until we settle this matter. So I don't know who it is, uh, who God, you know, I think there are different parts of this message for different people. Next week we'll wrap it up. But I believe God is calling us to, so I, I'm probably, sorry, I'm going to tell the leaders. So at life point, when we give an offering, I'm going to ask us to be a bit more intentional about it. I don't believe you should, and I've done this over and over because I know for a fact, that the times when you only decide the offering when you're in church, I believe you should leave, you should decide what your offering is before you leave your house. I believe you should decide what your offering is. In fact, once your income comes, you should have ta- you should have a target that you're working to with God. And we should give with joy, so we're not then going to come and give very soberly. And, you know, but no, you should give with joy, but understanding that. So we don't pressure people. In fact, one of the pastors... Okay, no, I won't, I won't go. Um, we don't pressure you to give, and we will not. The day we have something big to do, we will say, Look, guys, we have something huge to do. We need X amount of money. This is how much money we need. But for your sakes, and your giving is bigger than what you bring to church. What you bring to church is important because there's work to be done here. But it's bigger than that. It's bigger than that. Some of you, there's someone who cannot pay their house rent. And you have a bag that is that can pay their house rent. There is someone who there's so much stuff that God has passed through you and to you. And you know this because you're not even using it all. Would you look up? Bible says there's he that gives. Have you probably still increases? Help me ask the person next to you. Have you proposed? <laughs> have you proposed? It's a bit sober, so help me cheerfully ask them. Have you proposed? Have you proposed? If it's a lady, tell them they will soon propose. They will soon, <laughs> they will soon propose. They will soon propose. Thank you for listening to a message from the Life Point Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash lifepointng.